There might be fewer players, but there's never a lack of exciting action. This is the statewide Idaho eight-man prep cast with Brandon Bainey and Paul Kingsbury. That's right. It's another edition of the Idaho eight-man prep cast on IdahoSports.com, talking everything eight-man football and 1A athletics in the state of Idaho. I am Brandon Bainey, joined once again by Will Henneke. I got to admit, that Paul Kingsbury guy, I haven't heard from him in a while. I'm not even sure if he works at the company, to be honest. He has set out the metaphorical punt team, hasn't he? I should at least have my name in the open if I'm going to be filling in every week. I, I think we're going to change that because, yeah, I mean, uh, Paul, Paul, all kidding aside, is a very busy guy this time of year. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's the guy that signs the checks, so I guess I can't complain too much, right? Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct. Well, there were plenty of checks being signed uh, with eight-man football teams across the state this past week. I thought probably the easiest way is just going to start with the 1AD1 ranks, maybe look at the top five and some other games that stood out and then move on to 1AD2, of course. This time of year, there's so many D2 versus D1 matchups. So we'll cross streams a little bit. Ghostbusters reference there. but There you go. So so in, in the 1A D1 ranks, Oakley continues to be the top-ranked team by the media and the coaches. And again, not to reiterate, but uh, I've said several times on this show, Oakley is not my number one, but for the majority, Oakley is the number one. So we'll start there. They traveled to Nevada to play – I got to be honest, Will. I don't know how to say this. Par- Paranagat Valley? I, I believe that is correct, yes. And I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I've heard. I, that's what I've been told. Um, you know, and from, from my understanding, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the, the the handle is Idaho 8-man, not Nevada 8-man. So I'm not as versed about what's, what's going on down there. But from what I understand, that's a heck of a program. And Oakley just went down there and absolutely laid the hammer on them. And I think that, uh, you know, that speaks obviously extremely well for Coach Jones and for his kids and for what they're doing. And, uh, you know, going back to previous conversations we've had here, the thing that I really like about Oakley, they don't have that one guy. You know what I mean? They don't have that one 2,500 yard rusher. So it's, you can't just take away Dace Jones and you eliminate Oakley's ability to do damage. You can't just take away Ethan Torvald and t- just shut them down. They got four or five different guys that on a given game can really hurt you. They can throw the ball a little bit, they can run it, and they can defend the heck out of the ball. And you know, they they you'll hear people talk about it. it takes three, four weeks to really know uh, about a team. You need to see them in a few different scenarios. I think we're getting a pretty good feel for Oakley. And and that is that they're a very, very legitimate state championship contender. Absolutely. Uh, I was trying to research uh, Paranagat Valley a little bit. And you're right, Will. These guys are legit. Uh, This was their first loss of 2021. Last year, Nevada did kind of a shortened spring season Uh because of the pandemic. They went 3-0 in that. The last time they had a full fall season, 2019, they went 13-0. So I would say, yeah, this is a really good win for Oakley. Yeah, and it speaks well for Idaho, too, because, you know, Oakley is not a unanimous number one. Uh, there are other teams that can stake that claim, be it Raft River, be it Prairie, be it whoever. And Oakley can go over there and just I mean, just represent the entire state extremely, extremely well. Yeah, super cool. So Oakley continues to be the number one team this week in the polls, 4-0, well-deserved. And, uh, and again, 
it's between Raft River and Oakley and Prairie. To me, it's kind of like splitting hairs. I kind of favor Raft Agreed. River and Prairie just slightly more than Oakley. But the nice thing is, is uh, eventually, you know, Oakley and Raft River are going to hook up. So, uh, and then maybe down the down the line with Prairie in the playoffs as well. So Prairie continues to be the number two team in the media poll. Raft River is ranked second in the coaches poll. So let's just stick with Raft River since they're in the same conference mm-hmm. as Oakley. Uh, they had a nice victory. This was a top five matchup. Will you had fifth-ranked Butte County taking on second-ranked or third-ranked Raft River uh, and a 46-28 to win for the Trojans. This was a nice win for them. Yeah, and an 18-point win in an eight-man football game is not a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, Butte County is a team that shouldn't just be dismissed out of hand, and I'm, I know that isn't what you were doing. But, you know, keep them in mind, too, as we start to get a little deeper into, into October and then eventually into November as well. But, uh, you know, Raft River, they had a tough challenge. They had a really tough opponent come onto the field with them, and they answered the bell. Um, you know, I talked a little bit to, to head coach Chad Evans down in Raft River, and he said Seth Tracy was a guy that I needed to, you know, we needed to see something from. And lo and behold, he has a fantastic football game. He has over 100 yards receiving, which is saying something because Raft River isn't a drop back and throw it 30 times a game team. They can throw it a little bit, but they – they kind of link their, you know, their arms to the running game, if you will. Uh, and and Seth had a tremendous football game. And, um, you know, Coach Evans said it wasn't even so much the touchdowns. It was just when we needed a play, you know, we needed five yards for a first down. We needed a tackle on third down, whatever it is. Seth Tracy was there and, and made the plays. And as a result, Raft River picked up um, you know, arguably the, the most impressive in-state win of the week where people can look at both teams and go, wow, that's a good team, and that's a good team, and that team won. Yeah, I think it's very telling that Butte County didn't lose their spot in the polls at all because Correct. of this loss. So Correct. often you have the knee-jerk reaction of, well, you lost, you're out. But mm-hmm. I think now we're seeing uh, more informed decisions where, yeah, you lost, but it was to a really good team, and so Correct. don't penalize them. So. Uh, yeah, for Raft River, it was nice. You know, we talk about Thane Lockmiller all the time, and it's nice uh, to, to spotlight some of those other offensive pieces that they have in place. You know, I, I just got done recording uh, the Magic Valley PrepCast. That's our District 4-themed mm-hmm. PrepCast with Scott Burton. And he was telling me a little bit about it because he also talked to Coach Evans from Raft River. And he said the Trojans had, like, about the most chaotic first quarter you could ever have. He said they were missing guys because of injuries. They were missing guys because of you know, uh, ejections from previous games. He said that a couple of players left with cramps in the first quarter. A couple of guys had, had equipment malfunctions. He said at one point, Rad River had to burn a timeout just to get a kid's helmet fixed so they could have enough guys to stay in the game. And he said, despite all that, they were able to stem the tide and uh, overcome that tire fire on the sidelines and, and, and rally from there. You hear a lot of coaches talk about overcoming adversity, and they're not they're not necessarily differentiating between self-inflicted adversity, uh, you know, un like adversity you can't do anything about, i.e., you know, a helmet, you know, something happening with the equipment. It, it's it's a matter of how the team responds and, and can they can they rally past those hurdles? And in this instance, Raft River did, and they did it against a very good football team. Uh, you know, Sam Thorngren over at Butte County, nothing to hang his chin about when he was heading home after that game. Um, you know, that was that was a tough one under ideal circumstances. And it wasn't 
Uh, it wasn't ideal circumstances. It wasn't an easy walk in the park. Raft River's a good team. Butte County's a good team. I think we'll be talking about both of those teams well into uh, the month of November. Yeah, and, and it's nice that uh, Butte County was able to go experience this type of game because the the schedule from here on out, you know, Dietrich will be tough, but then, you know, Chalice and Grace, you know, th- this was a good test for Butte County and for them to say, okay, here's what we can work on to get ready for a potential rematch down the road. So when it's what's going to be interesting in that conference is both, um, you know, Grace has shown some signs um, where they've gone out and they've competed. They just haven't really punched through and picked up that, uh, that, that big, I mean, they did beat water Springs on, on Friday. They had a nice game. But, you know, they're, they're kind of trending this way a little bit, you know, kind of up a little bit, getting a little bit better, a little bit stronger. Um, and then Chalice, they've, they've got some athletes. They just haven't really been able to put it together yet. So as we get later in the year, and we all know, man, in eight-man football, most teams are a twisted ankle away from looking really different. Um, so, and I know, you know, I know the people in Arco, they, they have not exactly – you know, booked their hotel rooms, so to speak, for the playoffs. They know they've got a couple of games that they've got to win. Um, and and I think that both Grace and Chalice should feel like, even if we don't catch Butte County, you know, you've got seven at-large spots to fill. You know, let's go win a couple of ball games and let's put ourselves in position to get one of those at-large berths and, and play some playoff football. Yeah, for sure. It'll it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out as we go. All right, let's head up to the White Pine League because that's where the rest of the ranked teams in D1 reside. Prairie, of course, uh, their conference opener uh, last week against Clearwater Valley sent a pretty strong message. And then Logos last week, a 72-24 to 24 win over the night. You know, the Knights won their first ever game in varsity football, and then they found out Life's pretty tough in the White Pine League. They've gone 0-3 since. Yeah, man, and that's the thing is is you could probably take a middle-of-the-pack White Pine team and and drop them almost anywhere else in the state, and there's a good chance they're going to be, you know, first or second place, with the one exception being District 4 because, they, likewise, that's just a very deep conference. But, uh, you know, Logos is not a bad football team. They're, they're really not. You know, Jack Driscoll, their quarterback, had a, a really nice game against Prairie, but there's your caveat. You know, it's against Prairie where, uh, you know, they're, they're just one of those programs in this state that, you know, every every summer when they harvest, they somehow find another 5'10", 190-pound linebacker slash running back that can run a 4'6", You know, a lot of teams in this state would like to have that difficulty that, that Coach Hasselstrom has in, in, in Prairie. Um, but it's, it's a good conference. And I think we saw it in, you know, Lapway playing without arguably their best pure athlete in Titus year out, uh, beating Kamii, uh, Genesee in just a wild one over Clearwater Valley, Angus Jordan and Cy Wareham just, you know, going bananas together, including winning touchdown with, what, 20 seconds to go or something like that. And in a losing cause, Dylan Pickering running for 270 yards and having what, what what was the number I wrote down? Five sacks, I think. And that was in a losing cause. Um, you know, that's there are a lot of slugfests up there. And I think Potlatch is going to be heard from before it's all said and done. I still think Kamii, I still think Clearwater Valley. I think either one of those teams can win a couple of games. And with with all those at-large spots, I, I think the conference is prairies to lose. And as long as they stay healthy, I think they will claim that um, seed A out of District 2. But you could get two or three other teams in there. And if you're hot going in, 
if you're playing good at the end of October, I don't know that I'd want to have to go up there and play one of those teams, be it in the Kibbe Dome or on the home field or whatever. I, I just don't know that that's a road trip I'd want to take. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no well, way. as an opposing coach, as a fan, I'd love to. I'd love to go watch, but as an opposing coach, I don't know that I'd be too thrilled about having to go to Kuski to play Clearwater Valley or, um, you know, take on, especially, you know, in a controlled environment on the turf, all those athletes that Lapway has. Oh, man, that could be a that could be a real nightmare for some teams. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you talked about it. Uh, Genesee winning at the gun. They're three and zero overall. Three and zero in the conference. They're technically in first place right now. Lapway is two and zero. Prairie is two and zero. Clearwater Valley's zero and three, man. But they played Raft River, Prairie, and Genesee. And they're, they're a like, good zero and three football team. I mean, that's a team that's zero and three now, and we could be looking up here in a month and see them at five and three. I mean, they, they really could. They they've got some good players. They're they're a good team. And, and Potlatch had a nice win over Deary. That was a D2 opponent, but 60-8, to eight, that was a game that we had on IdahoSports.com. I was talking to Garrison Hardy, who called the game, and mm. he said Potlatch has has some good linebackers and, and some good defensive linemen that can really disrupt things. So that's going to be interesting to see. How, how many teams get into the playoffs, do you think, from, from the White Pine League? I mean, I could I could see five, five you of know, the eight. I, when there are five, there are five quote-unquote conferences, and each number one gets in. So that leaves, you know, seven additional spots. I, I don't think it's that impossible to think that the 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 Sawtooth in District Four. I think it's the Sawtooth or uh, the Snake River, whichever one is District Four, and the White Pine could just about split those remaining ones. I mean, I think if you're the number two team in the Western Idaho Conference, or you're the number two team over in District Six. Um, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have to get hot and win some games. I'm not saying you can't do it. Um, I think that there's some ability there. I just think the path is definitely muddier for say a Wilder or a Grace than it is for uh, you know a Potlatch who's going head to head with all these other great teams. And if they come out of this at five and three, you're gonna know exactly what you have with with that team. And it might just be a little bit tougher. Not impossible but a little bit tougher for somebody out of either district three or district six. Yeah. You know, I look at, I look at district four and I see lighthouse Christian, right? They're zero and three. They've lost to Kendrick Butte County and North gym. Well, all three of those teams are going to be in the playoffs and, and going to pile up a lot of wins. And with the, the max preps rating that is used now, it's actually better to go schedule a tough opponent and not necessarily win because as your opponents continue to pile up the wins that boosts your score. So, mm-hmm. Lighthouse Christian is a team that I, I like you said, I, I I could easily see three teams from district four and the rest from district two, you know, get getting those at large spots. So yeah, or vice versa. It depends. I mean, you look at a team like uh, you know, you look at a team like Murtaugh who took it on the chin last week. They win a couple more games, they're definitely in the mix. And you know, we can go we can go down the standings and make a okay, could Glens Ferry win a couple of games and get in? Yeah, uh, that's the that's what's great about having some at large, um, you know, selectability, if you will, versus you either finish first or second or you're out. It, it gives some teams that maybe lose a couple of games early a little bit of uh, incentive to keep going. Um, and and I think that we could get down towards the end of the year, and you you get a team that gets hot at the right tent, the right time, and they punch in. And they get into that opening round and they win that opening round and then they go on the road and they play a, 
you know, insert conference champion here and they get another win there. And all of a sudden it's a team that you and I right now might not be thinking of top of mind, but then there they are in the state semifinals, you know, in the, you know, whatever that would be around the, the 10th of November. And I think it's very possible that we could, we could see that. Yeah. And that's what makes uh, the eight man game so great and so exciting. And, uh, in a way, a lot of ways, a lot more uh, unpredictable than, than the 11 man game sometimes mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's, yeah, let's talk about district three real quick. Right. Uh, the, the big games that stood out was wilder coming through with a nice victory over garden Valley, 28 to 12. The other eye opening performance I think came from the tri Valley, Idaho city game, you know, mm-hmm. 26 to 20 tri Valley wins. Idaho city is zero three. And we, we knew there was going to be some rebuilding, but I, I did not anticipate an 0-3 start for Idaho City. Uh, I didn't either. And and a lot of credit to Jason Rober, the head coach up there. I think if he knew uh, that his team was in a little bit of trouble this year, he played it very close to the vest. And I think he's I think he's one of the most respected coaches in this classification for a reason. You know what I mean? It's because he's he's good at what he does. He's he he stays the course, he plays the hand he's dealt, and he works his butt off. And, and the other thing that I, I was I, I always love when I watch Idaho City, if you just watch Coach Rober, who's been there for a long time, you don't know if they're up 40 or if they're down 40. He is coaching, he is positive, he is upbeat, he's trying to put his kids in the best possible position to succeed. He never really rocks back on his heels and says, well, this one's over. Uh, he, you know, I was at the Horseshoe Bend game when when Horseshoe Bend beat him in uh, that, that first week of the season. And there was 30 seconds to go and the score was, you know, whatever it was, 36 to 12. And he's running up and down the sideline trying to get kids into position and, you know, just screaming out at his guard, great block and. Uh, you know, all that is going on. Meanwhile, his team's down by three touchdowns with, you know, no chance to realistically come back and win. And I think that that is something that I think speaks very well of coaches. And I think that that's why a lot of kids uh, are able to identify with that kind of coach, that it's not just constantly like, you blew this, you got this wrong. No, you you did something good. And I'm going to make sure this entire field knows that you did something good. And I think that that's something that Coach Rover up at Idaho City, win or lose, has always done really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the other team I wanted to give a nod to was Rimrock. You know, Rimrock has a, a new head coach, Sam Ward, who was hired like middle to late july yeah yeah just before the season began yep yeah he and he's from montana so he was coming from out of state uh really behind the eight ball to start they they play their first game of the season against dietrich the the reigning 1ad2 champs and then they lose a couple of games on the schedule because of sickness with other teams it it wasn't anything they dealt with but it was their opponents so they had like a two-week layoff then had to turn around and play their first conference game against uh, Greenleaf Friends, and they, I mean, they showed up and showed out, sixty-two to six. They've they've had a lot of curveballs thrown at them early, yeah. uh, but Rimrock's one and zero in the league. So that, that was a team in in preparing our our IdahoSports.com previews. A lot of one A Division one teams pointed at Rimrock and said, "Hey, let's let's not sleep on them. It's been a while since the Raiders have really been a factor, and they've always had one or two kids." But numbers have been an issue. Depth has been an issue. Um, 
and they got a heck of a player. Well, they've got a few, but uh, you know, Gus Black, really good player there. Um, they're a team that's going to be they're going to be heard from before this thing is all said and done. As long as they can stay healthy, I don't know where they're at numbers wise. You know, are they down in that 12, 13, 14, where a couple of injuries could really derail them quickly, or do they have 19, 20, 21 kids where maybe they have a little bit of depth there? But uh, I think it's great for them to get a couple of wins. Uh, hopefully build some momentum and and have a chance to, you know, like I said, you know, maybe play themselves into the conversation here. Because as we saw, uh, I, I think a lot of people have just kind of assumed that Notice was going to be the team that, that wins the White Pine Conference, but uh, or uh, not the White Pine Conference, that'd be breaking news, uh, <laughs> the Western Idaho Conference. But I, I think we saw with uh, the Horseshoe Bend game that um, you know, you can you can go in there and you can play with notice. You know, they're 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 a good team. You know, you're not just going to be able to show up and win, but at the same time, maybe they're not the thousand pound gorilla that some people thought they might be. So, the chip goes back on the shoulder for notice to prove that they are that team. And for the rest of of uh, the Western Idaho Conference, they can look at it and say, hey, we got a shot to go in there and win a game. Why can't it be us? And and I think that you you need to have that. You got to have that mindset going into a game of, hey, why can't we win this game? Absolutely. And then uh, lastly, I wanted to touch on District 1 up north. There will be somebody that comes from that two-team district, Wallace and Lakeside. I think coming into the season, people thought Lakeside maybe was favored. You know, they they won the league last year and, and looked like they were ready to to step out on the on the statewide stage in the playoffs. They had that thrilling game in the opening week against Lewis County where uh, Vander Brown went crazy and they they uh, they won 30 to 26. They haven't won since then. They've lost Deary, Mullen, and now Clark Fork. That's three 1A D2 opponents. Meanwhile, Wallace is two and two, but both of their wins have come up, come over Kootenai. So I just, I'm having a hard time. I, I, I've heard good things about Wallace, but it's, it's hard for me to get a grasp on what's going on up there. Yeah, I talked to a coach up there over the weekend, and he said the improvement that 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 Wallace team has made just over the four weeks of this season, he's like, he goes, if you put the film on from week one and you put the film on from their game this past week, it looks like two different teams, um, you know, and that's a testament not only to the, the coaching staff in Wallace doing a great job with those kids, but also the kids to buy in and to work hard and, um, you know, just give yourself a chance. Uh, I mean, I, I've always, well, I haven't always said it because I haven't always been talking, but um, much to your surprise, huh? I haven't always been talking. Um, I would much rather be perceived to be the ugliest kid with a date for the dance than the prettiest kid left at home. You know what I mean? It, as long as you're in the field, you got a shot. And either Wallace or Lakeside is going to be that team. Um, and right now, I mean, I'm with you. I thought I thought going into the season that it was probably going to be Lakeside. Um, you know, they'll have two head-to-head, -head, you know, games to figure it out. Um, may still very well be Lakeside, but I think that Wallace has – kind of raised their hand over in the corner and said, Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait, we're, we're here too. And, and just get yourself in, just give yourself that chance. Yeah. They're actually going to meet up for the first time this Friday in Wallace. And then they will uh, meet again on October 22nd in the regular season finale uh, at Lakeside. Uh, you know, on, on the North Idaho prep cast, I'm recording it tomorrow and we're going to have Stetson Spooner on the coach from Mullen St. Reach. Maybe I'll ask him to maybe help me, Help me handicap this thing because he's seen yeah. both teams and 
Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, and he's he's got an interesting one on on Friday as well. They take on Clark Fork and yeah. uh, Clark Fork. Their numbers are up a bit. Carter San Roman, a really good running back there, um, and and one of Mullins uh, Mullins St. Regis. They they scheduled that that game in Montana to you know really give themselves a test to prepare themselves for this. They didn't want to come in to face Clark Fork and and not be ready to go and. We've talked a lot on, you know, this this podcast. You know, we've talked a lot about just between you, me, and Paul. I really like that Mullen St. Regis team. I really, really do. I think Stetson Spooner has one of the one of the best and at the same time one of the most difficult jobs <laughs> because he's got three kids at least on that roster that have a chance to maybe go play college football. He's only got one football. You know what I mean? Yeah. If Caleb Ball has it, then Adam Ball does it. If Adam Ball has it, then Luke Trogdon does it. And if none of the three of them have it, you still got Floyd Nelson. You still got Blake Layton. You still, I mean, they've got they've got a lot of really good talent, and and they've got to spread that wealth around a little bit. And it's going to make them very hard to defend first and foremost. And also, if you have in a given game, you have a kid that maybe is sick or is hurt or something. You got two other guys that you can lean on and you can go to, but you know they're they're still going to have to play well. They're not going to be able to just show up and roll over Clark Fork. I think that uh, the Wampus Cats have a they have a nice team there, a competitive team, and it came down to the to the end of last year when those two teams played, uh, and I, it was in Mullen. I was actually at that game, and uh, you know at times they were able to punch back a little bit. They just they were. A little bit overmatched in that game, and I guarantee you those kids remember that, and they would like nothing more than to kind of even that ledger a little bit, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's going to be a good schedule of games in the 1-8-D1 ranks. So we talked about Lakeside at Wallace, the two teams in District 1, Ooh. the first of two matchups. That's going to be really good. You look at the White Pine League. Clearwater Valley is going to be at Logos. So that's a great opportunity for Coach Hutchins and the Rams to get going. That game was supposed to be Friday night. It got moved to Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. in Moscow. Uh, we're going to have that game for you on IdahoSports.com. Garrison Hardy and, and Jason Hansen will have the uh, the commentary for that one. So Saturday at 2 p.m., uh, that game will be held at Logos's uh, field there in Moscow. Was so that be one of them that was moved because of uh, the lack of officials? I, uh, you know, Coach Hutchins emailed me and said, just told me the game had been moved. Okay. He didn't say why, but uh, I'm finding out more and more that that is why things are getting moved around and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's the Friday night lights mentality, but uh, until we get to a situation where we're, um, able to hire and retain more officials. And this is not an indictment on the officials at all. Uh, I wonder if we start seeing more games intentionally scheduled on a Thursday or a Saturday specifically to, to avoid this, because I mean, as it is now, I mean, you've got crews working two, three games a week and uh, you know, there's some fantastic officials out there. Don't get me wrong, but boy, I'd, I, I wish we had about four times as many of them so we could kind of lighten the load a little bit. Yeah. And then I'm finding in like soccer, a lot of games are just being canceled and not made up the, you know, non-conference soccer matchups and, and things like that. So yeah, the, everyone's in a tough spot right now. It's for sure. Correct. Yeah. It's for sure. Uh, other white pine league games that I think are going to be interesting. Genesee at Lapway, you know, that's going to be kind of an elimination game, so to speak, you know, uh, we'll figure out the pecking order a little more, 
up north in the White Pine League there. Prairie is at Potlatch. We'll find out real quick. <laughs> you know, are the loggers real or not? That's going to be interesting as well. You swing down to District 3. Rimrock is at Wilder. Okay, this is Rimrock's opportunity yeah, yep. to, to, to show up and, and uh, put on a good show there. And then as we get into District 4, you've got uh, Glenn's Ferry in an, an interesting non-conference matchup with Dietrich, but more importantly, inside the conference, Raft River at Lighthouse, Murtaugh at Oakley, you know, for Murtaugh and Lighthouse that want to punch up uh, to the, the top of the league. This is their mm -hmm. opportunity to do that. Um, so, you know, I think across the board, we've got a lot of interesting games. Is there is there one that you're most excited about in the 1A D1 ranks? Uh, that Genesee game, I think, is is probably the one. And also, uh, you mentioned the Rimrock-Wilder game. What intrigues me about that is for several, several, several years now, Kyle Dalsolio, the head coach at Wilder, um, they've kind of been the measuring stick for the, the Western Idaho Conference. And um, Rimrock is that team that's trying to find out where they are. And I think if they're able to go in there, and, they, and Rimrock beat Wilder last year, um, down in uh, down in Bruno or Grandview or on the hill in between if you've never been there. Um, uh, so they you know they come in with a little bit of confidence and they might have a little chip on their shoulder too saying, hey, you know don't like I say, don't forget about us and and play themselves in but um, Wilder, you know for for just cause, I think is, uh, kind of the measuring stick. And this is a chance for Rimrock to see where they measure up. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one. I think the most uh, of all the games, like you said, I think that's going to be really great. So let's turn to one AD two. And uh, you know, last week there wasn't a ton to report on. I mean, carries the top ranked team. They beat chalice 62 to six castle Ford uh, is the number two team in, in the standings or, uh, in the coaches poll, they had a huge win over Murtaugh, 52 to 22. So it's nice to see, like you said, you can't really control the schedule to some extent. It's nice to beat the teams you're quote unquote supposed to beat. Right. Sure. Yeah. And then that's just it. You, you, when you get a team on the schedule, you got to take care of business. Cause, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's for a team like Kerry, there's no such thing as a good loss. Um, everybody is going to give them their best shot. They have to be ready to go. They can't come out and be flat. Um, and, and for Castleford, that, you know, they beat a pretty good team uh, in Murtaugh, and they beat them pretty, pretty convincingly. And Ethan Rowland, a name that I was not all that familiar with, um, you know, he springs up and uh, I'm, I'm clicking through the KMVT website down in Twin Falls the other day, and here's, Ethan Rowland running all over the place for Castleford, 300 total yards and uh, a couple touchdown runs. So, uh, you know, they're a team that you're you're gonna have to keep your eye on them. They're they're proving it. We talked about it last week. Yeah, you, you know, at some point you got to be able to punch through and get that big win. And I think that to beat Dietrich and then come back the next week and beat Murtaugh, those are two nice wins uh, for for the Wolves. And uh, they're gonna, you know play with a little more confidence, play with a little more steam. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fun to see how far they're able to go. Cause it's been a while. They've, they've made a couple playoff appearances here and there, but it's been a while since they've really made a run. 
Yeah, and and again, talking to Scott Burton uh, on our Magic Valley prep cast, you know, he he uh, reached out to Castle Ford and talked to their coaches a little bit, and they said, hey, we're at the point now where we've kind of adopted that team-first mantra. We told the guys, quit asking what the stats were, and and like the guys are buying into that. They don't care who scores the touchdown. You know, after the game, all the players were talking about how great the offensive line did. And and so when Scott called to try and get, you know, hey, how'd the game go? It was all about, let's talk about this offensive line that's paving the way. So they're really embracing that that team mentality where they don't care who uh, has the successful night or who is scoring the touchdowns, which I think is awesome. And uh, I think it's going to make Castleford that that much more dangerous down the line it, it's a good balance to have for sure because you know you got those guys up front whether it's on offense or on defense if they don't play well you don't play well uh it's 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 really that simple you can have the most talented quarterback out there if he has no time to either run or throw he's going to have a lot of you know minus six yard sacks on his ledger so uh i, I think it's great when when, when teams really buy into that, hey, those guys up front played a hell of a football game, and as a result, we won. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the rest of the top five horseshoe bend had the week off, so they slipped down to third. They went from second to third just by not playing. Um, and then North Gem, you know, North Gem goes to Lighthouse, wins 44 to 36. You know, they're three and one. Two of their wins have come in kind of high-scoring shootout-type games where they win by a possession. But I, I think what I learned about North Gem was when teams are committed to stopping Bridger Hatch, they've got another guy they can turn to in Brett Yost. Yeah, five game. touchdowns last week. You know, you don't you don't do that on accident. I assure you that. And uh, the the thing that I like about I, I like teams that are able to run the ball. I've always been. Um, uh, a friend of mine made an analogy, and go with me on this. You're a little bit younger than me, so you may not, you may not get this. He was talking about vintage Shaquille O'Neal, like when he was in his prime. He said to me, "He goes, there is something so, so powerful about Shaquille O'Neal getting the ball on the block and basically saying to his defender, I'm going to dunk on you, and there's not a dang thing you can do about it.'" And that's North Gem. Like they attempt what three, four passes a game. Yeah. And hey, we're going to run the ball and we're going to snap it to the quarterback. And there's a good chance he's going to run it. We're going to make you stop him. And if you stop him, we got this other guy who can run the ball pretty well too. So then we'll flip it to him. Now you got to stop two guys. Um, but that they know what their identity is, they know what they're good at, and they do it. And they do it so well. It is a little concerning. Uh, and I have not watched the, I have not seen them with my own eyes yet. So that is a very important caveat for me to make. Um, I, I, I would, I would assume that the coaches would like to see those points allowed numbers coming down a little bit and not so much into the thirties or the forties and maybe get them down into the twenties. Um, because if you, when you are that type of a team, if you get down a couple of touchdowns, if you're a run first team, and you're up against a carry, for example, it might be kind of tough to claw your way back. Um, so you know you get that defense humming a little bit to go along with that offense. And I've been on the I've been on the North Gem train since July, and I and I'm staying on that train. I think that they're going to do something. Um, I think Bridger Hatch is one of the best players in this classification. Period. Um, but they, I think that they, even though they're and they're winning. 
I think they've got a few things, and I think they know that they got a few things that, hey, we can be even better. We can tighten some things up a little bit, and we can be even better. Yep, I, I completely agree. And so the only thing that can stop North Jim right now is the schedule. They were supposed to play Mackey this week. Well, Mackey's got an illness that is running through their program. Mackey yep. had to cancel their game last week. They canceled this game with North Jim. Their head coach, Corey Hatch, is like not super happy about it because he says, we're on a roll right now. We, we just need to keep playing to, to keep yeah. the ball rolling. So a week off right now is actually not a good thing for our team. So, And you think back to last year when there were – maybe more teams off on a week-to-week basis. You might have seen some last-second fill-ins, but those are a little bit harder to find. Like, you and I could probably scroll through the schedule and say, oh, okay, well, you know, Team X up in District 3 is available to play. Um, But is is it financially viable? Because for North Gym to go from Bancroft to, say, Council, and that's a bad example because I know council plays this week. That's not an easy trip. You know, you need a bus, you need all that stuff. Um, is there is there a benefit in that? Uh, or is there potential damage to be done? But to your point with, with Coach Hatchdown and North Jim, I'm sure he wants to keep that engine humming. You know, he wants to keep those kids on the field. He wants to keep fine-tuning. He wants to keep tightening those gaps and uh, losing out on a game here or there where, uh, you know, you mentioned Rimrock had lost a couple of games. Obviously, Mackey's lost a couple of games now. Meadows Valley has lost at least one game, maybe two. Uh, Timberline up north, uh, they lost a couple of games. So it, it has happened a bit, but it doesn't feel like it has happened as much as last year. And maybe that's just, you know, revisionist history, if you will, or uh, not really taking that close of a, loose, a look at the the actual games that have been uh, canceled due to COVID precautions, but but yeah, I completely get North Gem, especially being a team that has big time aspirations. Let's keep this thing sharp, man. Let's let's keep this thing going. Let's see what we how can we do this. We don't want to lose games. Yeah, a hundred percent. And speaking of picking up games, uh, we we had a game get scheduled uh, like late in August that is happening this week because in North Gem's conference, the Rocky Mountain Conference. All summer long, Showban said, we've got enough kids. We're going to play varsity football. We're going to be a member of the conference. And the yep. team said, okay, we're going to build you into the schedules. Well, we got to August, and all of a sudden, yeah, we're not going to have enough kids, which happens. You know, it happens. Um, and so Water Springs actually kind of quick on their feet said, hey, Horseshoe Bend, you're not playing this week. Why don't you come play us in Idaho Falls? And Horseshoe yep. Bend said, all right, I guess. And so now we've got a really compelling matchup that wouldn't have happened otherwise. It's If you're into quote-unquote star power, this is, I think, one of the best matchups of the of the week because you've got Colton Meyer, fantastic, fantastic quarterback linebacker for Horseshoe Bend, kind of a do-everything, jack-of-all-trades guy. And then you've got Drew Plocker over at, at Water Springs who – you know, it's not a day in why that ends in why if he doesn't have 300 yards of total offense and 10 or 12 tackles to go with it. Uh, uh, you know, I, I watched some of that game last week playing Grace. I think he had two 80-yard touchdown passes, not runs, passes. Um, so those two going head-to-head, and, and they both of them have really nice players around them too that will uh, contribute. It won't be literally a game of one-on-one football, but those are two players that – uh, I think both have legitimate all-state aspirations and are building all-state caliber resumes and and them getting to kind of go nose to nose. A, it keeps them on the field. B, I think it's a good non-conference test for both teams. 
And this is kind of an important game for Water Springs as they come in with a one and three record. You know, you don't want to be staring one and four down with with your conference slate still to come with Rockland and North Gem both mm-hmm. still ahead of you. I mean, that's a bad spot to be in for the defending league champs. So yeah, it, it, it is tough, and you know, you don't you don't want things to start snowballing on you. That's for sure. So it's it's very important for them, and I think Horseshoe Bend comes in with a load of confidence just based on who they've played to this point and what, I mean, they're three and zero against the one, a division one uh, Western Idaho conference right now. So they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, but, but I think you're right. I think that, that water Springs maybe needs this game a little bit more in terms of, uh, of playoff positioning, momentum, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I also think that um, I, I think the most important thing for water Springs is to not get run out of the building. And it's partially because it's their building, but um, you know, if, if you go out there and you stand toe to toe with one of the best teams in 1A Division II, I think if you're a Water Springs coach or fan or or player or whatever, you can say, okay, we can use this. But where I think you you get into a little bit of trouble is if you look up at the end of the game and it's like, oh man, we just lost by 30 points and we weren't really in it. You know, we got we got some stuff we got to figure out and we got to figure it out quickly because, like you said. Rockland's no joke. North Gem's no joke. And they're still they're still coming on the schedule. Yep, for sure. So, yeah, if we look at the schedule for what's coming up, 1AD2 ranks real quick. Uh, up north in the White Pine League, we finally get some action. Uh, conference action is Timberline. We'll take on Deary. And then the matchup I'm ex- excited to see is Lewis County taking on Kendrick. You know, coming into the season, I predicted that Lewis County would be that second playoff team potentially from the White Pine, and they would be the second-place finisher. Deary lost a lot of guys, you know, and they're coming off a tough loss to Potlatch. Meanwhile, Lewis County, you know, a 66 and nothing shutout over a Salmon River team that's struggling, but they're 2-2 two and two, and honestly could be 3-1 and one if they hadn't lost that shootout with Lakeside in week one. Right. I just – I really like what Coach uh, Monty uh, Mudrell is doing up there at, in Lewis County. Ty Hambly, a very good two-way player. Gage Crow, a really good two-way player. They're, they're a dangerous team, and, I mean, we know what Kendrick can be. They can be as explosive as any team in the 1A Division II ranks. So, uh, you know, that I think that – realistically you're, you're probably saying um you know is it lewis county or is it timberline for that second spot uh i think deary's gonna have to kind of play their way back into it which they can do but i do think that they you know coach olson there has uh, a little bit of, of patchwork to do before we get there you know can i think to your point i think that we will learn a lot about lewis county this week if they're able to you know, like we like we've said with a lot of other games. You know, you may not necessarily need to win. You'd like to win, obviously. Right. You don't need to win, but you need to stand in there and trade some punches. You cannot get absolutely housed. You've got to, you know, execute your game plan. You've got to compete, and you've got to make Kendrick work a little bit. And if you can do those things, you can build off it. Absolutely. And then uh, also up North District 1, we talked about Mullen St. Regis at Clark Fork to take on the Wampus Cats. Uh, that's going to be a good good stick for, for the Tigers up North as well. District yeah. 3, I'm really excited to see Tri-Valley at Council. Council. Council was a team that got a lot of preseason buzz. They were actually picked uh, to finish second in the preseason coaches poll, only behind Horseshoe Bend. They've looked impressive. They're 2-1, and one, and 
They had a nice 48 to 22 win over Timberline last week. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for Tri-Valley, they are better than I thought. I'll admit I was kind of low on Tri-Valley community just because of all the talent they lost in graduation, but yeah. they have proven that they're, you know, they're, they're hanging around too. Yeah. And they're a pretty young team. Um, so, you know, the, the, the best way for a young team to, to get better is to go into a game like this. Cause I do think council's pretty good. Uh, I think that they have a very legitimate claim to, to be in that playoff conversation whether as the the number one seed or the number two seed, I don't think Garden Valley is just going to quietly go into the night and, and let Council uh, and Horseshoe Bend just have it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think Tri Valley has an opportunity to say, "Hey, you know, maybe maybe you need to be paying attention to us too." And you know, Coach Mink he had to replace Jarrett Mink, his super super athletic and super super talented son, who was you know the the you know Swiss Army knife for that team last year. Uh, so you're filling in some pieces there. You're kind of getting some players in some new roles, but they're pretty young. Uh, I think that their window really starts to open next year, but that doesn't mean they can't compete this year and they shouldn't try to compete this year. They definitely should. Absolutely. And then, and then to me, that's, that kind of wraps up though, the one AD two schedule. I mean, yeah, we talked about Water Springs over in the East. Um, Glens Ferry is playing Dietrich, but the, it's kind of a lighter week. A, lo a lot of the teams that are ranked in that top five, uh, we're not going to see an action, right? Carey is off. Castle Ford is off. North Gem is off, not by their choice, but right. they are off as well. So I think this is actually going to be a nice weekend, Will, for some of those teams, maybe in that second tier, to have the stage to themselves and to yeah. say, hey, we're, we're here to play too. Make a little bit of a statement, if you will, just like, you know, Castleford did the last couple of weeks. Now it's, you know, maybe it's Council's turn. Maybe it's Tri-Valley's turn. Maybe it's Clark Forks, Clark, uh, Clark Forks' turn. That's yes. harder to say than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's their turn. But I, I do think that, um, you know, another thing about, you know, Carrie and, and whatnot having the week off is uh, Coach Lane Kirkland and some of those other coaches are going to be able to go maybe watch some other games and, and not necessarily from a scouting standpoint, but it's a chance for some of these teams to make a statement to the rest of the one AD two teams that, Oh, that team's we're, we're going to have to put a little circle next to them. We're not just going to be able to, you know, walk off the bus and go home with our 60 point win here. And I think that um, the ability for those, for those teams to showcase not only for fans and media and people like you and me, but, um, maybe not having some of those other teams in action, uh, I, maybe that gives some lesser teams an opportunity to be seen by other coaches as well. Yeah, so it's going to be another exciting weekend of uh, 1A slash 8-man football. You, Will, as always, are going to be handing out uh, three stars with the caveat that, you know, there's probably 50 stars we could give out if we really wanted to. Uh, this, little, this little piece of paper, I start jotting down notes on Friday night, and when I started doing this like three years ago, I'd get eight or nine names in, and I'd have I'd pretty much know who I had. But man, I'm looking at this and I'm like, there are seven kids here. How in the world do I only pick three? Luke Trogdon, 159 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 11 tackles, two sacks. He wasn't one of the three stars. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how some of the performances we're seeing, you know, the last couple of years, this year in particular, just some fantastic, fantastic efforts. Yep. 
And you will see that uh, over the weekend on the Idaho eight man Twitter account. And then up on our site, idahosports.com on Monday morning. So it'll be a great recap for all, because you do a good job also of highlighting, Hey, here's the honorable mentions here, the other guys that stood out. And so it really is kind of a comprehensive breakdown of all the, the top performances across the eight man landscape. So we certainly try and there are some, and um, you know, we have, we've had a couple of conversations with people um, over the weekend and into the early parts of this week, you know, well, why wasn't Oakley included? Well, I still haven't seen any official Oakley statistics from that win. So that was a fantastic win, but sometimes information is a little harder to come by. So maybe again, a name gets missed. And that's why we, uh, you know, that's why we put it out there. Hey, just, just tweet us, email us, let us know, you know, we're not everywhere. You know, we're, we're more than happy to, to accept submissions. We're not omnipotent here. So if, if you see something, if you know of something, just come find us on Twitter and, and shoot us a message. Yeah, absolutely. At Idaho 8 Man, Idaho 8 Man uh, at Brandon underscore Bainey on mine. Or you can send me an email as well, Brandon at IdahoSports.com, and I'll, I'll pass it on to, to Will also. So There you go. Yeah, a lot of different ways to get in touch with us. Will, uh, th- this was awesome. Uh, I love breaking down the game with you because you know you know the players so well and you know the histories of the teams really well also, which has just been fantastic. So That just means I'm old. <laughs> you, well, I mean, I wasn't going to be that blunt about it, but yes, you are. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. My daughter the other day, I, I told her that she needed to stop growing up and she looked at me and goes, you need to stop getting old. And I'm like, she's eight. <laughs> She's already calling me out and she's eight. Oh no. What am I in for? That, at that point you just say, yep, you're right. Here's the keys to the car. Enjoy pretty it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I pretty much said, you know, touche. You're right. Yeah. Not much you can do there. So don't forget, uh, you can get this podcast a couple of different ways. You can catch the video of this on the idahosports.com YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. You can also get the audio only version of this on our site, idahosports.com right across the top of the homepage. You'll see the prepcast uh, tab. It's got a drop down menu with uh, not just this prepcast, but all of our prepcasts that we do. You click on the Idaho Hate Man Prepcast, you can listen to it right there. And then also you can uh, download this podcast wherever you download your podcasts. So a lot of different ways to get the content. And I know uh, everybody's got their preferred method. So we just want to deliver it in as many different ways as possible. So Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Friendly reminder on IdahoSports.com. Um, we will have uh, – I'm trying to think. I thought we had one – eight man game. Yeah, maybe we don't. That was last week. Okay. Never mind. Uh, we will have more eight game, eight man games coming up though. Very, very soon on idahosports.com. So enjoy the eight man action this weekend, everybody. And uh, we'll see you back here next week to break it all down for Will Henneke. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on idahosports.com. <laughs>